At Jiffy Lube, it's our job to make car care make sense with personalized service reviews that swap the car talk for straight talk so you know what your car is telling you and what to do about it. Where highly trained service technicians have your back, helping you take care of the small stuff before it becomes big stuff. Plus a full range of services from Pennzoil oil changes and tire rotations to filters, wipers, and more. We've got what your car needs, so you're ready for whatever's next. Putting you in the driver's seat of car care, that's a job for Jiffy. Find a Pennzoil pouring service center near you at JiffyLube.com. Dog Works Radio is sponsored by Alaska Dog Works. Check out their website at alaskadogworks.com. You can support this podcast on patreon.com forward slash firstpawmedia. Hello and welcome to today's episode of Canadian Challenge Tales. We are joined by Jillian uh, Lawton from Rocky Mountain House. How are you today, Jillian? Great, thank you. Excellent. So I know you've been a Canadian Challenge uh, participant for several years. Uh, before we get into that, uh, I want to find out a little about how you got started into dog mushing. Okay. Well, um, it goes way, way back. Um, I grew up with dogs. So ever since I was um, young, like my dad and mom had dogs even before I was born. Um, my dad, Steve, got into dogs in the Yukon when they were stationed up there. So uh, he had his first set of trapline dogs, and that was about 1975. Um, then my sister and I were born when they were up in the Yukon and, uh, then he started sprint racing all through the eighties. So that was, I mean, I've grown up with dogs. I've grown up doing chores. My sister was a sprint musher with my dad during the eighties. Uh, that wasn't something I was into. Um, and then we did, uh, tours for about 16 years and then started kind of this mid distance Canadian challenge. And that kind of happened by fluke, um, and then here we are. So it's been, oh my gosh, 15 years now, I think, that we've been going to the challenge. And I've only missed, I think, one. And one because it was cancelled that year. So that's so that's how many times. I've kind of lost count, to be honest, how many times we've been. Yeah, I was going through some of the old results. And it's just year after year after year. Always, uh, always there, always, uh, you know, participating and, you know, different categories as well yep uh, it's just wondered if you might be able to share a little on what attracted you to the mid-distance well I don't know if it was more of what uh attracted me but I think at the time my dad we said well okay we're, we're finishing up tours and he kind of had this idea that we should give this a try before we kind of got out of dogs and of course that year it was a six dog he figured he was you know, for six dogs to pull him 150 miles was a little much, so he said I should do it. Um, and that's kind of how that came along. That was my first race ever. Uh, that was in 2007. It was the six dog. And that was when it ran from LaRange down to Prince, or just north of uh, Prince Albert's and Spruce Home. Um, still to this day, I, I'm not really sure how we made it that far and we finished, but uh, I was running like tour dogs never had any really any experience with any distance and stuff but we finished and I finished with all six dogs so I think there's something to be said there they were pretty tough <laughs> so and then after that um, it just kind of kept building from there and then tried the eight dog for many years uh, did the 12 dog I finished that one year um, and then it's been eight dog for the last little while which is 
been that's been a good fit for my life so that's why i've been doing that one yeah certainly you were part of the canadian challenge this past year in the eight dog which was you know a a two-day 50 mile a day sort of race Mm -hmm. um and before that uh i want to talk a little about back to 2015 when you were in the 12 dog if you can remember that race and uh, you managed to come in fifth. We had a few scratches and, and some fairly heavy competition in that one. Do you remember yeah. anything about the 2015 race that uh, you can share? I remember the, the last stretch coming into the finish line. I remember that. I, it was, um, that's probably the biggest moment I remember. Of my team, all of them, I think with the exception of one were dogs that we'd raise ourselves. Um, I had a really young dog. His name was Zip, and he he must I think he was about just over two years old, but he ran lead for most of that race, and he was absolutely phenomenal. He was yeah, he did excellent. Um, yeah, I remember just the 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 feeling of crossing the finish line. I yeah, that was probably the biggest moment I would say probably of my challenge. <laughs> career I suppose was that um just to finish it and it was it was tough it was always cold yeah I think those are those are the couple of the biggest moments that was my second time doing the the 12 dogs so just had a bit of unfinished business and wanted to wanted to see the finish line so um I do remember running most of the northern loop a lot of it was in the daylight and it was spectacular yeah those are the biggest ones so yeah, that was a good year. I was pretty pleased. And I we finished with 11 dogs that year. So I was pretty proud of that as well. That was a long ways for um, to come with almost a full team. So yeah, those were those are kind of the things I remember the most about that year. Exciting. Have you been uh, a part of any other races aside from the challenge? Uh, the challenge has been the big one. Um, we've done the Torch, the Torch River Run. So that's the other one in, in Saskatchewan in March. I did run that as a 200. Oh gosh, I don't remember the I don't remember the year, but um, I did finish that one as well. Um, that was another proud Red Lantern moment, but <laughs> um, that that was a good one. That was a really good one as well. I've been down to Oregon a couple of times. We did the 200 there. It was a 10 dog 200, and then went back another time for uh, the 8 dog 100. And I've been out to Sport St. James. A few times, um, I think three times now. I know it's all kind of running into each other, but those are the, I can't remember year to year, but that's those are the, the main ones that we've gone to. So what is it about the challenge that keeps bringing you back? Oh, God. Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. <laughs> um, I think because right from the very beginning, um, even as like a rookie and not having a whole lot of experience, like everybody was so so wonderful um you know i had a few you know hiccups and issues and trying to get through like like a real steep learning curve and the race marshal at the time and the vets were phenomenal uh they were so encouraging the other mushers it was it was such a, a community and everybody wants you to succeed everybody wants you to to cross the finish line so um you just feel really supported um i think the challenge mushers are a lot of them we it's kind of like family really when you come to the challenge and it's i know it's once a year and everybody's busy with their dogs but it's 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 like a community and like a mushing family so there's a lot to be said about 
just the folks that, that come and that keep coming. And it's just, oh, it's just a great experience. I mean, the weather is always um, something to be desired. Usually it's freezing. <laughs> um, but that's, I think, why you just, and even those years that it is cold and lots going on and stuff, it's still, you're always planning the next year. Like as soon as you're leaving, like leaving La Ronge and heading back home, it's, you're already thinking about next year and all that kind of thing. So it's, yeah, it's just a great community. I think that's probably the, the main reason why. When you mentioned the vets, we're lucky enough to have a great uh, relationship with the University of Saskatchewan mm-hmm. through their vet program. Uh, so bringing vets, um, licensed vets in and having vet students with them, yeah. which is a great learning experience. Uh, two of the ones that we have returning for the 2023 race started with us as students, have moved on to a practice and, and are back, which is fantastic. Always nice to see. Uh, you know, and, and you talk a little about the friends and the family, which leads me to your handler, which happens to be Sarah, all the way from the UK. Yeah. And I know the fans would be curious to know how you managed to get a handler to come to northern Saskatchewan from England. And year after year, like I think there's only been maybe one year that uh, that they weren't able to come or something, not counting COVID, of course, but uh so we met jim and sarah when we were doing tours actually uh so they came back in the early i think that was well just before we finished doing tours so they came on a couple of trips with us and then my dad just kind of randomly asked if they'd want to come back and and spend some you know come to saskatchewan with us and so they did and it's been year after year so i'm very fortunate um sarah is a phenomenal phenomenal handler um, my dogs love her. She is just so attentive and just fabulous with the dogs. And she does a good job making sure I'm on track too. So that's that's a big job too. Yeah, they just they just keep coming back every year and we're so I'm so fortunate because yeah, she's just been a real a real benefit for for us and we just wish she could spend the whole winter with us, that's all. <laughs> Yes, well, it's fantastic people, and as part of the race organization, we're happy to have them as well. Sarah looks after all of our social media, and Jim looks after all of our website work, as well as does some fantastic photography stuff, which has been great to to have them part of it. So, you know, there's a little insight into some of the the behind-the-scenes work we see here at the Canadian Challenge. But let's talk more about this past year in 22. I know we didn't have a race in in 21 because of COVID and in 2020 you're in the eight dog, but weren't able to finish. So talk to us a little about signing up for 22 with the eight dog and sort of how you felt coming into that race with a different setup with a two day event, 50 miles a day. Yeah, it was, um, it's just, I think just over the last couple of years, just with, you know, life changing and health issues and those kinds of things coming into it. I wasn't really sure what it was going to look like um, for me or for my family. I opted for the eight dog just uh, mainly because last winter we had, you know, just just with time and you know, a, you know, ability to commit to trails, and plus our weather was really difficult to get some, you know, solid sled miles on. So the eight dog was a great option. A, I love running the eight dog. That's kind of been the one that I've done the most. And to the new format um, was very appealing to me. So just to run the 50 miles and then do it the, all over again the next day, that was that was really nice. Um, 
so it was it was a good break it was nice to see uh like all of that northern country just with a fresh set of eyes and during the daylight for the whole way so that was it was beautiful up there so it was just it was it was doable and then it also gave us the chance so that uh so that lane could run as well my son and it just it just really fit for for this year this year is going to be a different story of course um just running the 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 10 dog 200 so that's super exciting as well um i'm really excited about about that one as well but um, every year it just we have to be at the challenge that's just it's part of our holiday plans we go to larange in february every year well and you're welcomed with such wonderful northern saskatchewan weather i think this last year we had you know quite cold as we got into the eight dog race uh, towards the end of the week I did warm up a little on the last day, Friday. Yep. You know, can you tell us a little about the start itself? So you started in LaRange on the Thursday. Uh, we had, I believe it was a one o'clock start. Can you just walk us through a little about how you get started and how you prep your team for getting uh, out on the trail? Well, I try to think of it as every other every other run. So, um, you, know, my, you know, packing my sled, getting, making sure I have everything um, I tend to check it uh, several times to make sure I do, um, and I try I try not to get uh, too worked up about it because uh, the dogs. I mean, obviously they they can pick up on that. Most of the dogs that I'm running have been on this trail before as well, but they've never been from that start. We've always started at Elkridge, so that was a little bit different. Usually, I mean, uh, everybody gets nerves. I'm yeah, I get I get terrible nerves before. <laughs> before a race but usually as soon as the dogs are hooked up and once I leave the start shoot then it's absolutely fine then it's you know it's just about you know the trail getting to where we're going um enjoying the dogs and just just doing what we've been working all winter to do treat it as any kind of training run and just kind of keep the nerves at bay (laughs) I think that's probably my that's that's my biggest strategy Okay. Did you have yeah. a particular race strategy in mind? Did you have a time in mind? Were you trying to match up with other teams or did you just go out looking to have some fun and do the best the dogs could? Well, usually that's, that's my goal. I wanted to try to keep up with Remy as best I could. Um, and I wasn't sure about some of the other um, teams cause they were, they were new to me. Um, but it was, yeah, it was, it was great. I usually try, you know, about the 10 mile an hour, run so I had hoped I would be there within about the five hour mark or so um, and just to do the best we can um, sometimes trail conditions can be somewhat unpredictable so uh, but last year or sorry in in, um, in 20 this year I mean uh, the trail was absolutely fabulous like the one on the way up um, I had kind of been considering about you know dogs and what what does that look like for me in the next you know, five, 10 years or something. And I was, uh, I was thinking, well, maybe I, you know, we'll just kind of age out some of these dogs and, and I'll have, you know, a smaller team and do it for recreation. And once I ran that trail and on the way up and I just had such a phenomenal run, then that was it. I'm yeah, I'll be, I'll be running a bigger string of dogs from now on. So it was, yeah, the trail was impressive. It was just absolutely fabulous. We had such a good run that day. That was the Thursday on the way up. Yeah, so you got into Mississippi in uh, second position. As you mentioned, Remy had a very quick team going in. 
Uh, did you change anything for, for day two or did you alter your, your plan at all? No, um, I was I was trying to keep up with Remy. I did catch him in one of the portages there at one point in time. So that was that was fun. But uh, no, I had I didn't really change a whole lot. I, I ran out. I ran home with the same leaders that I ran up with. Uh, so the dogs did they did great and just really enjoyed the day. So yeah, just really just just kind of went with the flow and just enjoyed enjoyed the run. Well, and Friday was an exciting day for you because you're. Uh, son Lane was participating mm-hmm. in the six dog race, I believe his first. Yes. And he was behind you on the trail. Yeah. So you came into LaRange, you know, finished strong. And then just tell us a little about watching Lane come in and, and sort of what that was like for you. Oh, that was like a proud mama moment. I, um, of course, I'm on the trail and I was, you know, worrying about how he was doing the whole way down i knew he'd be fine he's uh he's done a lot of training at home but uh he hadn't really run a whole lot like other trails um but he's very good on the sled and he's just super with the dogs so i knew he'd be fine um and yeah just that when he was coming across the lake there and i was just i don't know i thought my heart was gonna burst i was so proud it was uh uh, Jim, um, as we had talked about before, Jim and Sarah, I mean, he captured, there was a picture that he got of me giving Lane a big hug when he came across the finish line. And I think that picture says it all. Um, but yeah, I was, oh, I was just, I was so proud. He did so well. And that's not an easy feat. Like 50 miles is a long way as a teenager. Um, and his, yeah, his dogs did great. And he looked after them. And I was just, I was so pleased. So, so pleased with him. And he just did amazing. Well, and it's, it's not, yeah. not, not the easiest trail, you know, lots of portages to get through yeah. some up and down, some very mm-hmm. technical, uh, you know, sled driving required to get through some of those portages. And then you sort of come out onto Lac Larange, which is very large. I mean, yeah. lucky we had some nice weather, you know, the sun was out, the wind wasn't blowing and it seemed to be pretty good. Yeah. Uh, but I think quite a feat at uh, 15 years old to be able to yeah. complete something like that. Yeah, yeah, he did. He did great. I'm not. I'm not sure what this year will look like, but he maybe he'll uh, consider it again. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. Well, and we're lucky enough to have another young musher participating in the six dog this year. Uh, we have another 15 year old, I believe. So okay. it'd be interesting to see. Uh, you know, some some younger participants in the race and, and really feel like the 50-mile six-dog is a good introduction step. Mm-hmm. And, you know, always nice to see teams moving up through, uh, you know, the different categories and finding the one that they like. So how did you decide on the 10-dog this year versus doing an 8-dog again? Well, I've run the 8-dog so many times, and to do it with uh, with 10-dog seems like... Um, a great option. Um, I hummed and hawed about it, to be honest. I was considering the eight dog and I just opted to do the 10. We've got, you know, I've got a solid core of, of dogs in the yard. Um, a lot of veterans that have done this before. So um, I, I know that we're perfectly capable of, of that. And also to just, I'm ready now after, you know, a couple of years of a more, kind of fun runs at home and such just to you know do the get back into the um the heavier training and 
just really just really work hard and and see how well see how well we can do so i'm really excited about it um it's like i've been on a lot of these trails before and yeah i'm yeah it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a great year and i i've got some pretty solid dogs and yeah i'm really i'm really excited about it so obviously you've got some dogs that have been to the canadian challenge before is there a dog or two that uh, you're really hoping to see uh, excel on the team this year? There's a couple, actually. I have a couple of, uh, they'll be, hold it, they're going to be four, coming four. They ran with me last year, um, set of brothers. They are just, they're such nice guys to work with. Uh, both of them will run lead. They're really, they're just solid, hardworking dogs. Um so we've we've raised those ones. Um, I will. I have a couple other dogs that are stepping up more into the lead position. Uh, my main leader that I've had for several years. Uh, she has now moved into retirement. She's coming up to ten years old. So uh, she's she's going to be doing some of the short runs at home. Um, so just I've got another two little females that have been um, showing some promise as well. So just uh, kind of the team is growing and and changing a little bit so it's just you know and and when you have those dogs that you rely on and then to find dogs to take their place is a bit unnerving sometimes but these couple little females are i think are going to are going to do a really good job for me this year i just need some time to build more of that bond and expand that level of trust that that Mm -hmm. you have that they're going to do what you want and go where you need yeah. So how, how is training going along this year? Are you able to, are you on sleds now? Have you got enough snow? Or are you, you know, sort of meeting the, the plan or schedule you set? Yes. Well, it was a little bit of a slow start because we had such a warm fall. Um, so we were, you know, September, October was pretty warm, um, but we're into the longer miles now. I am on a sled, which is very exciting. Um, I think last year I got about two or three sled runs at home. And so now we, we, we've got our trail in, uh, so that's much better, um, much prefer that than, than uh, snowmobile or, or side by side. And yeah, we've got enough snow to run and hopefully we'll be getting some more, but yeah, it's really, it's really great to be back on the sled. That's my happy place. That's for sure. Yeah, um, it's interesting yeah. that we had such a strong snow year in you know, 22 for the race, you know, the trail crew just had struggled to keep up with continuously packing down the snow and, you know, where you are just, you know, seven, eight hours to the West and you hardly had snow at all. So glad that you're seeing more of that snow this year. Yes. Uh, We're very happy about that. (laughs) Everybody's happy when they get off the machine and onto the sled. It seems to be universal. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Uh, so for our social media question, it comes from Struggle Bus Pilot. And the question is, did you have a moment where it hit you that you are a musher, that you're you know, doing this? Or was it sort of a gradual thing, having grown up with sled dogs your whole life? Oh, that's a great question. I think it took, I think it took a few years, to be honest, until... Maybe until I uh, until I kind of ran the the twelve dog the first time, I would say that was when I felt a little more like confident. I kind of knew what I was doing. I could read my dogs a bit better. Um, I had more 
training, like training miles in and more of a plan and, and knowing what the dogs needed to prepare for that. Also for myself, as far as knowing what to expect and how to prepare myself for these, um, for these adventures, um, everything from, you know, managing the cold to, you know, figuring out what I needed to eat and, um, and same thing with the dogs packing, you know, just having everything and feeling like I was ready to handle whatever happened on the trail. Um, so I would say it was probably, I would have been probably 2013, I'm guessing. Um, I can't remember what year, sorry, but that would be that, that would be the year that I really felt like I was a musher. Yeah, with the steep learning curve and everything like that. So, I mean, of course, I'm still learning. Every time I go out anywhere, I'm still learning. But, yeah, that was that was when I would say I would have considered myself a real musher. Yeah, well, and it's, it's challenging, uh, you know, as you have a regular job. Uh, yeah. How do you sort of manage the workload with the kennel and the dogs and training while maintaining a job? It's, it's really tough. Um, when I was, before I got married, um, it was a little bit easier because I was working and then just had dogs and that to, to um, spend my time on. Um, soon as I, you know, was married and I'm a mom and I'm a nurse. So it's, it's taken a lot of, um, a lot of support. Um, I have an amazing husband who is very supportive. He is really okay if I'm spending hours and hours on the trail or, you know, hundreds of dollars on dog food. So, um, that, uh, he also helps when he can. Um, my boys are really great. Uh, they're now 14 and, and 16. So they, they help out with a lot of it now. And of course, you know, my parents, um, you know, my mom has been kind of the rock all along, I would say ever since, you know, 1975, since the dogs kind of started. Um, she's always, yeah, like just always helping. Um, and now with my dad, he's, he's back at it, uh, back running and stuff like that. Uh, so it's really, it's, it's really about all of us working together to make it happen. Um, there's absolutely no way that I could do it all by myself. There's, there's no way. Um, so I'm very blessed and very fortunate that I have such um, tremendous like support system, um, you know, and then you know, Jim and Sarah coming from England every year, uh, you know, friends of mine, you know, just it's, it's a real, it takes a village, that's for sure. Um, so I'm very, very lucky that I have uh, that village to help me manage everything. So yeah, I'm very, very lucky that way. Yeah, I always talk about it being, uh, you know, a team, not just a team of dogs, but a team of people. Mm-hmm. to put all of this together and uh, you know such a nice thing for you that you're able to do that with your family you know a supportive yeah. husband and kids that help and and have some interest in it and that your parents obviously are still involved uh such a wonderful thing uh, as well as having a handler that uh is part of your family now you know yep. not just, well, not just yeah. friends. so is there anybody else that uh, is involved in the kennel that you want to thank well, a lot of my, a lot of my even like work friends and that cover my workload when I'm away for most of the winter, that's when I take a lot of my vacation and, uh, yeah, just all of the folks, yeah, just lots of all my friends and family. I feel like I, I have a, a pretty strong support system and, you know, they're cheering us on and helping where they can. So yeah, that's 
anybody that that helps me out that's for sure i'm definitely grateful yeah so you expecting to bring uh, your family out again this year you know your husband and and kids or are we going to get to see steve come east again I'm hoping so. Um, well, Todd and I were talking about it last night, and he we're already planning for the winter. Usually my kids have that week off of school. Um, my my dad will be coming again this year. He's had a, had a hiatus from the challenge for a while, and um, Jim and Sarah, and we, and then maybe, maybe another person or two. We'll see. We've got some uh, friends coming from England to help us run some dogs, so I'm hoping the plan is for them to be with us as well, so... We're going to have a, we might have to bring two trucks, I think. So, <laughs> well, I know it'll be very exciting to have, you know, such regular Canadian challenge participants and alumni. I'll call Steve, you know, he's a, yep. been a strong voice for the challenge, both as a participant and a member of the board. And we're still working on convincing him to join us for a podcast episode. So we'll just make this public <laughs> and call him out. Looking forward to hearing some of his stories and oh, all of his lengthy uh, experience on a dog sled. Oh, he has, that's, oh, that's like almost 50 years. 50 years of dogs is, is uh, for him. That's a long time. Yeah, so we'll, we'll work on getting him uh, involved here in the podcast and maybe sign up for a double episode, as I know he likes to get talking about his stories and oh, lots geez. more to talk about over the 50 years. Oh, I think so. Oh, I think so. <laughs> Yeah, so I really want to thank you for joining us today. It's been a real pleasure getting to know a little more about your history with racing and dog sleds and, and being such an, a, a constant uh, participant with the challenge. We really appreciate Really excited to see your team this year and, and how you're going to do with the 200-mile race, you know, some different trails and, and, you know, different sections that we've got this year. You know, we've been out and the, the trail crew's been out and starting to see some of that now and it looks absolutely wonderful we got a really nice base of snow that i think we're going to be able to get packed down so yeah um you know really want to thank you again for joining us today well thank you very much for the invite i just i always love to talk about dogs and the challenge that's for sure sure so thank you for the opportunity to share share a bit yes well and to everybody listening thank you for joining us today on on the latest episode with jillian lawton all the way from rocky mountain house Anybody looking for more information on the Canadian Challenge, you can find us at CanadianChallenge.com, as well as on Facebook and Twitter, Instagram as well. Uh, Jillian, is there some website or social media you want to direct people to? They can follow you this year? No, just on my my personal. It's under Jill Taylor, actually. But uh, Jim does such a fabulous job on, or Jim and Sarah, on the the Challenge Facebook page. That's where it usually is. All the action is on there. Well, we'll be sure to get some extra pictures of, you know, some of the stuff you've been up to lately so we can share that out with the folks and and include uh, some of your uh, details in the show notes below. If anybody's interested in joining us for the Canadian Challenge this year, we do have availability in all categories, six dog, eight dog, and ten dog, uh, as well as uh, any volunteer options that people want to come out and see some sled dogs and some mushers have a lot of fun starting on the 21st of February. So thanks again, Jillian. Appreciate the time. And to all of you listening, appreciate your time. Until next time, goodbye. From First Paw Media, this is Canadian Challenge Tales. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and we invite you to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll find a link on the episode notes. 
You can tap or swipe on the episode cover art and you'll see some offers from our sponsors. You can support our show by supporting them. If you like what you have heard, we would love it if you would give us a five-star rating and tell your friends how to subscribe too. Your host is Dan Kirkup. Our executive producer is Robert Forto, created for First Paw Media. This holiday season, your gift could change lives. Youth facing homelessness turn to Covenant House to overcome heartbreaking challenges. They arrive with dreams that have been disrupted. They arrive looking for a warm meal, a safe place to sleep, and the opportunity to transform their lives. For over 50 years, Covenant House has been helping youth in crisis by giving them the support and tools they need to succeed in life. This holiday season, give a gift that changes the lives of youth facing homelessness. Go to covenanthouse.org to give today.